Hello and welcome to Ag PhD Radio. I'm Brian Hefty, live in the Morton studio. Today on the show, we're going to be talking a little about precision agriculture. If you've got any questions about that, or if there's anything you'd like to talk about that's happening on your farm right now, or any questions you've got going into 2024, just give us a call here, 844-44-AG-PHD. That's 844-442-4743. You could also email us, radio at agphd.com, or send us a note on X, Ag PhD Media, or Brian Hefty. All right, so today on the show, we will get into precision ag just a little bit. And I'm going to start it out with a question from our Ag PhD mailbag just shortly here. But before we do that, I just want to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, if I forget to do that later in the show. Um, this is a, it's it's kind of a funny time in agriculture because, well, a lot of people are thinking holidays, school breaks, they want to go somewhere. They're going to get together with relatives. I'm not saying farmers aren't going to do any of those things. I'm simply saying uh, for a lot of us as farmers, we have to really pay attention at this time of year because of taxes. We have something a little different than almost any other industry. Most of us as farmers are on cash accounting. Most everybody else is on accrual on an accrual basis, so it's pretty easy. It doesn't really matter uh, if it's year-end, not year-end for a lot of people. But for us, it makes an enormous difference. So I just really encourage you, make sure you're talking to your accountant. Make sure you're talking to your banker if you need to borrow a little bit of money at the end of the year to do some prepays and things like that, because it really can make a difference for the long run. And then also you want to take a little uh, a look at tax laws too. So this is one of the things with one of our advisors. They just said, hey, don't forget, going into next year, bonus depreciation is going down here in the United States a little bit. So if you want more bonus depreciation, probably better get that done by the end of the year here. Of course, no one knows what for sure is going to happen next year with taxes and regulations and all that kind of stuff. But if there are some good tax advantages for certain things, it's probably not a bad idea to take advantage of that now. All right, let's get to the Ag PhD mailbag. Okay, so our first question really comes from two different people. Um, Abid said, what's the name of that software you guys have been talking about that you guys have been using on your farm for soil testing? And then Caleb also sent one in saying, on our farm, we're looking to compare yield points with the soil test points in our fields. We have the soil test points, but no yield points. We were thinking about how you guys set this up so you can compare yield at a soil point. So when we start talking about precision agriculture, this is something that we couldn't do 20 years ago before yield monitors. Now that we have yield monitors, and a lot, for a lot of us over the years, we've looked at the maps, okay? But then I also talk to farmers and they go, okay, well, I got all this nice yield map data. What am I supposed to do with this? How do I make things better on my farm because of this? I mean, obviously you can pick out some bad spots and, oh, maybe I'll look at that a little more and what went wrong there and that kind of thing. I get that. But here are the two things I want you to think about. Number one is this. It was about five years ago, and I don't remember if it was Darren or me, but one of us had the idea and we started talking about this and we're like, you know, we're now doing a lot of soil testing on our farm. We're doing one-acre soil test grids. Now, I'm not saying for anybody out there you have to use one-acre soil test grids. Okay, But what I am saying is whenever you soil test, regardless of your grid size or your zone size, I don't care, make sure you sample using a GPS point. 
as long as you use a GPS point, you can then cross-reference that to your yield map. We've done that. We had to do it manually at first, five years ago. And I just it took a long time, but I just assigned a guy to do it in our office. And I said, well, you got to get this done. And so on over 2,000 grid points, he manually had to figure out, all right, I know I got the soil test data here. What's my yield data at that point? And then we just went one to the next, to the next, to the next. So what we've been using now is a program called Verify. That's V-R-A-F-Y. And what that allows us to do is simply import in our soil test data, import in our yield data, and bam, it links the two together. So then you can create charts. And here's the reason why this is important. And this ultimately is what I want to come back to with precision agriculture all throughout our show today. It's really about efficient use of your time and resources so you can generate more net revenue on your farm. That's what we're after. Now, also, there are some other benefits, like, for example, auto steer. Yeah, it's nice simply because you aren't as tired, which then, of course, I guess I kind of come back to, well, maybe that allows me to work an extra hour and do it right, and then I make more money. So ultimately, you see where I'm going with this. So anyway, the reason why I like having the soil test points compared to yield is because now we can chart it out on our own farm and figure out, what fertility things are paying and which ones aren't. That is powerful information. One of the first things that we saw that was not where we needed it to be was potassium on our farm. And so we talked for years about, yeah, you want to get your potassium up and everything else. Well, I didn't realize how big a deal that really was until we started charting this out. And now we have over 10,000 data points just from our farm, let alone some of the other farmers we're working with on this that shows, hey, we got to have our levels up on some of these different nutrients and then also the balance between nutrients. So that's super important. Verifies what you want to use. Um, that's what we're using. It's the only system I know that will do that. And so anyway, verify, V-R-A-F-Y. Okay, the other thing that we're using with or doing with that now is we're taking those yield maps and if we don't want a soil test, we can still import the yield map in and it will shoot us over a variable rate fertility map. So let's say I want to apply my P and K, but I didn't soil test. And for us, like just about everybody else out there, we have variable yields across all our fields. Well, I don't want to put a blanket rate out there. That's not smart. That's not a good way to use our money. We want to put more fertility out where we pulled more yield off. We want to put less fertility out where we pulled less yield off. There's no point in loading that ground up. What good does that do us? We're just trying to get back to where we were at the start. So anyway, that's just a quick example here of precision ag and how important these things can be on a farm. It's made us so much money since we started comparing yield to soil test points. All right, stay tuned. We'll talk more precision ag right after this. Get more durability for less downtime with Soil Warrior Strip Tillage from Environmental Tillage Systems. Improve fertilizer efficiency and reduce passes and fuel usage. Now that's ROI. Learn more about ETS at SoilWarrior.com. Improve germination in your fields with the Germinator Closing Wheel from Farm Shop MFG. Our unique spike design seals your seed within a firm vein of soil, providing maximum seed-to-soil contact and maximum germination. Order a set for your planter at FarmShopMFG.com. 
It's smart to make the right agronomic choices, and it's even smarter to get rewarded for them. With the Bayer Plus Rewards Program, you earn cash back on seed, herbicides, and other eligible products. And it keeps getting smarter, because now you can earn an additional 10% bonus when you send your redemption check to your retailer. To learn more, contact your retailer today. Protect your yields and get the most from your land with Bayer Plus Rewards. Visit MyBayerPlus.com and see program terms and conditions for full details. Get the most from every acre on your farm by attending Ag PhD's workshops and clinics this winter. I'm Darren Hefty. My brother Brian and I are hosting several free workshops throughout January and February, including agronomy workshops in corn and soybeans, a soils clinic, and a whole day devoted to natural and biological products. We have a lot of great information and we can't wait to share it with you. Best of all, these events are free, so be sure to check them out. Register today at agphd.com. Start your engines. Ready, set, Intego. Start your season strong with Intego Sweet Soybeans, Intego Fungicide Soybeans, and Intego Sweet Cereals OF from Valent USA. Ask your Valent rep about seed treatment solutions or visit valent.com slash Intego. Always read and follow label instructions. Welcome back to Ag PhD Radio. Brian Hefty here live in the Morton studio. Today on the show, we are talking about precision agriculture. And first on, we've got Kendall Quandall with us with Case IH. Kendall, how are you today? I am great, Brian. How about yourself? Excellent. All right. So <laughs> with Case IH, we could talk, we could really spend the entire next hour talking about a whole bunch of precision ag things. But what are maybe the top two or three things that farmers, dealers, agronomists are visiting with you about today? So this time of year, it's uh, really focused around one thing, and that's data collection, data analysis, and figuring out what we're, what we're going to do for next year, making purchase decisions and, and really planning to kick off our, our spring of twenty four. All right. So in terms of specific precision ag things, then what what are the top things that you are visiting with farmers about as we head into 2024? So our, our biggest topic, it, it really all of those things that are top of mind for customers today, they all kind of boil up into uh, talking about AFS Connect and how that helps our producers with their with their decision making and their planning. So it with with AFS Connect, a lot of our, our case age equipment is connected today coming from the factory. It's, it's already capable of communicating all of that data over the cell network up to, to our platform, but we can also upload data and share that um, in a more traditional manner. So being able to go back, review 23, understand what we planted, where we, where we planted it, and how it performed. Uh, is something that that really we we excel at, and, and helping producers through that conversation is um, it's a lot of fun this time of year. Okay, so you bring up AFS Connect. How about for someone that let's say um, isn't super familiar with Precision Ag, or they maybe have a a piece of Case IH equipment that's a couple years old? How how about those kind of situations? Yeah, uh, AFS Connect is actually, it's a free platform. Uh, anybody can go to caseih.afsconnect.com and actually make their 
their own account. They can upload data from uh, older KSIH equipment. They can and current manually up, upload that data as well as most other major OEMs and third-party precision providers and be able to put all of their data in in one place to compile that information and, and look at it all, all together. So one thing I really like is we actually geospatially sort all of our data. So collecting information off different sources, we may be using different grower farm fields that we've used in the past, or maybe we've got slightly different boundaries loaded in different, different displays, different vintages of equipment on our own farm. So by, by sorting all of that data, uh, individually point by point and putting it inside of the boundary it belongs. We also help uh, producers across the board clean up some of their data and those historic data uh, mishaps we've had in the past. Okay, so you talk about that and working with all this data. I, I mean, give us some more examples of just how this helps with decision making and how you can kind of learn from these things that happened in the past and help yourself as a farmer going into 2024. Yeah, as a, an agronomist background uh, myself, uh, AFS Connect offers a couple reports that I think are great places to start. We tend to gravitate towards looking at maps first, and I think uh, looking at a couple reports we offer actually give us a, a really good baseline to know where to look. And those reports allow us to look at um, yield by variety uh, and then products by field. So those two different reports allow us to really evaluate overall um, how did um, each hybrid that we planted perform in each field that we planted it in? So we can see if there was a, a discrepancy on how a particular product performed. Did we treat that area differently or did we plant a, you know, a racehorse hybrid on, on ground we really should have put something more of a workhorse on? So being able to compare that right off the bat really gives us a sound starting point to look at uh, those, those different options for next year. All right, so at Case IH, you're talking precision with farmers, dealers, agronomists every single day. What are some of the biggest misconceptions out there? I think one thing that we tend to uh, maybe overthink is that you need to be a very tech forward on the edge of everything to get involved in precision ag. And really, I think at Case IH, it's our goal to make precision agriculture, precision technology easy for not only everyone to adopt, but to offer those different levels of precision to really fit your, your operation. So focusing, when we talk about Connect as an example, we have um, a mobile focus on AFS Connect to make it easy. We know producers, regardless of age, are typically maybe better off on their smartphone or they want that mobile access. Uh, so that's, that's one example. My dad, for example, he uses AFS Connect on his phone, and that's a good example of how mobile uh, versus web uh, can come into play on how someone interacts with the system. What else do you see out there for, let's say, challenges farmers have faced and how Precision Ag has now helped them get past those challenges? I think the, ch the challenges our our producers face it's it's really varies across the board and it's it's something that having a flexible precision tech solution uh, helps every producer get through those individual challenges whether it's data management um, we know that that's been a 
a high concern in the past and we collect all this information. So what do we do with it after that? And being able to take the, the solutions that we offer, whether you're uh, a full case IH fleet or have a mixed fleet at, at your hands, really figuring out some of those ins and outs of, of things like data management are a, a big step, I think, in moving moving the needle in their precision adoption. One of the concerns as I've talked to farmers about just precision ag things is some will say, well, I'm very remote and I don't even have good cell phone service out here and all this kind of thing. Um, can you maybe talk us through that just a little bit and how you end up working with farmers that maybe aren't in the best areas for things like cell phones? Yeah, that is a, a large concern across the ag industry in general. And how do we continue to support producers that, that don't have cell connectivity when today everything really seems to revolve around that? Yep. And one of the things that, that we're doing is adding the capability to actually connect your equipment um, to a customer's cell phone network or uh, Wi-Fi network. So they may not upload their data while they're out and about, uh, but if that wireless data transfer is something that's really important for them, they could actually get back to the shop or they could get to the end of the day and find an area that, that did have, um, you know, maybe they can hotspot from their phone in that particular area or they want to connect it to the Wi-Fi network in their shop when they get back and upload data in that manner uh, instead of needing to rely on that cellular network. What else would you like to leave our listeners with today, Kendall? we got about a minute left. From my perspective, from a precision technology perspective, one thing that I think is really important is um, if you're not taking advantage of some of these systems today, it's really easy to go out and get started and really understand, um, you know, we, we just have to start somewhere. If we aren't using a correction signal today, we're only using WASP, we want to get a little bit more accurate, that's one really good step that we can can add into our operation to become uh, more accurate, more efficient. If we're not doing much with our data management today, creating an AFS Connect account and mapping our boundaries is a great place to start. Uh, we can, if we start today as we add one thing at a time, uh, we, we scale very quickly um, over the over the course of just a few seasons, and we don't have to have to take on the whole top to bottom entire gamut of what Precision Tech could offer someone uh, in one big bite. All right, we've been talking with Kendall Quandall with Case IH, and if you're looking for more information about Case IH, just go to your local Case IH dealer or CaseIH.com. Kendall, thanks for the time today. Really appreciate it. You bet. Thanks, Brian. You bet. All right, we're talking precision ag on the show here, and if you've got any questions about that or really anything that's going on in your farm, I'd love to talk to you, 844-44-AG-PHD. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Morton Buildings has served the American farmer for more than 120 years. From manufacturing our own building components to constructing your building, Morton takes pride in being the industry leader in post-frame construction by providing a quality building and exceptional customer service. A Morton is built to last for generations. To get started on your next project, please visit mortonbuildings.com. 
what does it really mean to provide the best crop nutrition? With AgroLiquid, you're getting a one-of-a-kind approach, one that caters to your specific agronomic needs. You're getting a crop nutrition plan that maximizes your fertilizer applications from every drop, all while accounting for your management practices and the products you're already using. But it's not just a product. It's peace of mind, knowing we've thought of everything. That's the AgroLiquid way. Apply less, expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. Insects have reigned since the dawn of time. Adapted to their surroundings. Experience the harshest climates and toughest challenges until now. With two modes of action, Ridgeback Insecticide delivers one devastating outcome for soybean aphids. Extinction from your fields. They may have lived through it all, but they won't survive this. End soybean aphids reign at ridgeback.corteva.us. Effortlessly manage your farm fertility with Verify. Verify takes yield data directly from your combine and instantly generates variable rate fertility maps based on your nutritional goals. Whether it's building soil, balancing nutrition, or maintaining fertility. And with full integration with John Deere Operations Center, Verify can send recommendations directly to application equipment, no matter the color. Join Verify today at Verify.com and keep your farm moving. My mom's got a new case IH tractor and it can do it all. Bail hay all day. Stay in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements. Shift like a race car, steer with ease. And it can also cool my juice box. Yeah, her case IH tractor can do everything she needs it to. Looking for a tractor that can do it all? Check out caseih.com. The greatest herbicide of all time earned its title by defending your soybean fields. Authority Supreme Herbicide's low-use rate formula delivers longer-lasting control of broadleaf weeds and grasses, providing you with the best-in-class combination of Group 14 PPO herbicide sulfentrazone and Class 15 molecule pyroxysulfone that outlasts the competition. We're Authority Supreme Herbicide from FMC, and we play to win. Learn more at authoritysupreme.ag.fmc.com. Always read and follow all label directions. This is Ag PhD Radio. Brian Hefty here, broadcasting today from the Morton studio, just talking precision ag. Next on the show, we've got Denton Stevens with us. He is uh, CNB Equipment's Director of Technology. Denton, how are you today? I'm doing well, Brian. How about yourself? Excellent. All right, so precision ag, big topic, but what's the maybe number one or number two questions that you get from farmers about precision ag, what are the what are the big things they're discussing with you this winter? I think what the the conversations are really um, heading towards these days is around the data and what what data out there is the most useful to their operation. Um, there's a ton of information that is right at these growers' fingertips, and sometimes the biggest challenge can be sorting that out and uh, really getting down to to what benefits the bottom line. Um, so I, as far as my position, that's a lot of what the questions have become. All right. So what is the most useful data? How do you answer that then? Where do you start? Right. Uh, that's that's definitely um, the question that we have to work through and really start from ground zero. Um, some operations, depending on, it could be based on the size or um, just what the goal of uh, their day-to-day decisions, what they're ultimately leading towards. 
um, whether that's something that benefits them agronomically, financially. That's kind of where we start, I would say. And then whether that's the machine information. So through John Deere's JD Link, we're getting a lot of telematics um, info and data. Uh, so whether it's optimizing machine usage or, um, you know, the verify conversation, I'm not necessarily part of that program, but it is um, obviously based heavily around the, the agronomics. Uh, so that's, I guess that's kind of how we separate it is uh, more machine data and then the agronomic side of it and really build towards the goal uh, of that particular operation. What's the newest precision ag thing you're most excited about? Oh, that's a great question. Um, Thin spray is a big one. Uh, that we just recently um, have the availability to put that on uh, older machines as a retrofit kit. That I think is really exciting because it started out as just a factory only option, but they're opening that up to more and more platforms as, as you look back over the years. Um, so that one right now is probably the biggest one, but the the one I think that everybody has kind of heard about and uh, more of the buzzword is obviously the autonomous part of things. And although we don't have a clear timeline on that quite yet, um, it's it's not far away at all, and it's pretty exciting to work in that space. So you say there isn't a, a clear timeline on that autonomous thing, but I assume for most farmers, they're they're just excited because they can get more work done with the people that they currently have, or maybe less people as more people are retiring can get a lot more accomplished, right? Yes. Yep, absolutely. So uh, tell us more about the sea and spray thing, because I mean, that actually, I've seen a lot of stuff from you and, and others about sea and spray. Even the ag chem companies are talking about that. And I think for a lot of the ag chem companies, obviously they're worried about, well, they're going to sell less stuff, but I keep kind of keep coming back to, well, don't forget, you probably still want a residual on every acre. So how do you handle that with tanks and, and uh, maybe a couple different products that you might be spraying at the same time? Sure. Yep. And that's, that is a great question and uh, really ultimately leads to when a customer is looking at that level of technology, um, looking at their chemistry program and what they're going to do throughout the year. And you mentioned the residual. I think that's a huge part of it, uh, especially on the pre-spray. Um, so the, the dual tank is definitely an advantage, but that's only a factory option at this point. Um, whereas the, the sea and spray premium, which is the retrofit version, that's going to be just your single tank system. And um, so it's those kind of questions and decisions that really kind of narrow down uh, which direction that particular customer is going to go. Um, but yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. There's, there's been a ton of buzz about it, especially in the chemical world, um, and what it's going to, what kind of impact that's going to have just on how much product is moved. Um, and there's, you know, we've got some calculators out there and different things to, to work through, um, as well as just, you know, we're trying to localize the data as much as possible and get that real world experience for the guy just down the road. Um, so it's it's definitely a, an interesting conversation to work through. How small can the weed be and you still pick it up with the sea and spray? One quarter of an inch by one quarter of an inch is the smallest. And that's that um, the retrofit system can operate up to 12 miles an hour. The factory system is now up to 15 miles an hour. 
Well, I'll be honest, I really don't want guys going faster than that anyway because of the amount of dust that gets kicked up with their spray and everything. Um, We've seen some issues with that before, so I'm usually trying to encourage guys to slow down just a little bit. It's dry a lot of times when we're spraying, and the dust uh, does cause a few issues for us. Uh, Denton, anything else that you wanted to leave us with in terms of precision technology today? Uh, The biggest thing that, you know, when I get an opportunity to either speak on a platform like this or um, in front of a crowd of people is just be be interested in your data is the biggest thing that I I push our growers on because um, there's something out there that's useful for your operation and and work with, whether it's us at CNB or um, another dealer or whoever that might be. Make sure you're, you're asking the questions and working with somebody that can help you narrow that down. Again, that's Denton Stevens with CNB Equipment. Denton, thanks for the time today. We appreciate it. Thank you. All right, next on, we got our friend Tony Wendler. He's with Farm Shop MFG. Hey, Tony, Merry Christmas. And uh, we're talking technology today. Uh, you got a little bit of that that you work with every day, right? Oh, yes, we do. Merry Christmas, Brian. And Merry Christmas to everybody out there. Um, yes, uh, the uh, one of the things that uh, we've been interacting with I've always kind of looked at precision in their closing system as something that was we needed to shoot to achieve that quality. And uh, we've been in some comparisons that are showing us equal and actually a large-scale test that was done in uh, Wisconsin. Uh, first quarter section, uh, we won by nine bushels. Uh, the rest of the farm, uh, planting with a 16-row half-and-half, harvesting with an eight-row, uh, was uh, came out to it looks to be a match without all the data being added up. Uh, it appears that we're going to uh, be a match them where one field will be up by one, the next one they'll be up by one. The the take home is it's an equal, and I'm looking that uh, with the cost difference of us being one eighth their cost, uh, we are the winner. So uh, when we're going out there doing a lot of stuff in our planters. We still have to remember the last thing that's going to impact that seed is doing a quality job of closing that furrow, getting uh, a nice firm seed to soil contact. It's it's not only good for the seed, but if we do it right, it's going to enhance the uh, capillary effect, get moisture up in uh, drier years, and get that uh, seed started when your neighbors might be waiting for rain because uh, they just push dirt together. Yep, you're as talking well as getting the air out. Yep, you're talking about your germinator closing wheels, and yes, uh, planting unbelievably important. That's how we get our crop off to the right start. The other thing I was going to bring up to you is at this time of year, I'm not even as interested in planting because our ground is uh, it's getting pretty cold right now. So I mean, I'm excited for planting in the spring, but I'm thinking more about our grain that's in the bin. So can you talk to us real quick about the um, the technology that goes into that and monitoring grain bins? Uh, hey, right now, a lot of different things going on with the warmer warming up. You know, we're going to be getting to 50 degrees here yep. on the Iowa-Minnesota border next week. Uh, we've had some cooler. Uh, you've got, you want to monitor your bins for temperature. There's devices out there to do that. We've got lots of convection going on in our bins. Uh, once a month, we want to be aerating. We can put controls on there that when they sense the uh, the temperature or moisture migration, will trigger the fans on or alert you that you need to come out and flip the system on. 
the uh, so something to be paid attention to. And and right now, like my bean bin is still working through kind of leveling out the final aspects of the moisture with cool temps. I don't want to run them with frozen, with freezing out, and uh, it sits there and it's just run the fan last week. Uh, warmer temps, they ran about uh, five hours. Yeah, really so, important stuff to keep that bin in good shape with as much as grain is worth. Again, that's our friend Tony Wendler with Farm Shop MFG. Just go to farmshopmfg.com to learn more about all the things he's doing there and all that technology. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. It's smart to make the right agronomic choices, and it's even smarter to get rewarded for them. With the Bayer Plus Rewards Program, you earn cash back on seed, herbicides, and other eligible products. And it keeps getting smarter, because now you can earn an additional 10% bonus when you send your redemption check to your retailer. To learn more, contact your retailer today. Protect your yields and get the most from your land with Bayer Plus Rewards. Visit MyBayerPlus.com and see program terms and conditions for full details. Because the challenges you face are getting bigger every year, BASF is committed to helping with more than boots on the ground. We're committed to boots in the mud, boots on the steps of your truck, your tractor, your combine, the linoleum tiles of your coffee shop, the concrete of your co-op, the gravel in your shed. So we can listen, learn firsthand, help right now to ensure success. BASF, helping you do the biggest job on earth. This season, get medieval on Rhizoctonia with the powerful protection of Excalia fungicide from Valent USA. Here to shield your sugar beets from the treachery of Rhizoctonia, Excalia delivers excellent staying power, keeping your sugar beets from being conquered. Stay one step ahead of Rhizoctonia with the powerful protection of Excalia. Ask your retailer or visit valent.com slash Excalia to learn more. Always read and follow label instructions. If you understood everything on a soil test and could make your own fertility plans, do you think you could cut your farm's fertility expenses, maybe even increase your yields? Hi, I'm Darren Hefty. We want to empower you to make your own fertility decisions. That's why we're holding our Ag PhD Soils Clinic on Tuesday, January 16th at the Morton Center near Baltic, South Dakota. This could be the single most important day you spend in your farming career, and it's free. So register now at agphd.com. The hard-working, independent spirit of rural America can often be isolating. It's not often discussed, but mental health issues are real. Now's the time to lead by example, talk openly, and show that a strong mind is just as important as a strong body. FMC is proud to be working toward ending the misconceptions around mental health. Through awareness, guidance, and action, together we can uproot the stigma. Take your tillage to the next level with the Insight Universal Tillage Tool from McFarland Ag. With more adjustability and flexibility, the Insight is the ultimate one-pass tillage tool. Visit McFarlandAg.com to find your closest dealer. Join us in Houston for the 2024 Commodity Classic, New Frontiers in Agriculture. We'll close out the show on Saturday at the Houston Rodeo, the world's largest rodeo and livestock exhibition. Join us February 28th through March 2nd. Learn more at CommodityClassic.com. Welcome back to Ag PhD Radio. I'm Brian Hefty. We're in the Morton studio today. 
just talking about precision agriculture. Again, if you've got a question for us about that or anything that's happening in your operation, just call us 844-44-AG-PHD or send us an email, radio at agphd.com. All right, we're going to get back to the Ag PhD mailbag right now. This next question is from Carl down in Texas, and he's yeah we get we got a few things here, so uh, I'll I'll just I'll I'll kind of summarize what he's got. He says I'm trying to get my yields higher. My eventual goal is 250 bushel corn. I usually make between 190 to 200 right now. Uh, our average rainfall is 24 inches a year, and we have hot summers here. Yep, it's Texas. I get that. Uh, there's probably more rain than we get normally, not by a lot, but a little bit. But yeah, a lot hotter temperatures. Anyway, Carl says here he grows uh, corn, cotton, wheat, milo, sesame, and sometimes cucumbers. But corn's his favorite crop, but he has issues with high pH soil. It's hard to get phosphorus, zinc, iron, everything else in balance. He says we sprinkler irrigate. So, I'll give you some stats if you're listening today, and then I'm going to just answer in what, what I would do with this. So his pH is 8.1 to 8.4. Cation exchange capacity is 28 to 37, so it's pretty heavy soil, to go along with 3.1% to 4.6% organic matter. His phosphorus level using a Malik 3 test is 11 to 38. Potassium is 4.45 to 8.84, so that's 3.8% to 7.1% base saturation. That's pretty good. Calcium, 4,800 to 6,300, so 83%, 87% of a base saturation test. Magnesium is 8.4 to 10.6%. Sodium's low. Sulfur's 4 to 23. Copper's 1.2 to 1.8. Zinc, 1.6 to 3.8. Boron, 1.3 to 2.1. Manganese, 50 to 83. And iron, 12 to 22. Okay, so there are all the stats. Let's talk about this just a little bit. So the good news here is Carl's got heavy soil with relatively high organic matter, especially for Texas. It's hard for people in that kind of heat with only 24 inches of rain to build organic matter well, but it looks to me like that's it's pretty good ground. So, I mean, my, my first thought here, Carl, is I'm feeling pretty good. Like, you have, you have decent ground, and you have good levels of potassium and manganese. You've been irrigating without building up your soil sodium, so that part's great. But here are the weak points that I see. So if you're shooting for 250 bushel corn, you're going to want your phosphorus levels to be pretty high. If it's me, um, I'm I'm usually shooting for 100 parts per million on a Malik 3 test. Remember, on a Malik 3 test, that's kind of like P2 or strong Bray test. So in terms of what's available today, it's not 100 if it's 100 on the Malik 3. What I'm saying is that that is going to tell you what's available today plus usually what they believe is going to come available during the course of the next growing season. So you want to have a good level of phosphorus out there if you're going to raise that high crop. Since your pH is high and some typo will likely occur, in addition to broadcasting P, um, I'm usually looking at banding a low rate of phosphorus with the planter or going to strip till. A band is going to help. That helps you overcome that kind of tie-up. Now, here's the other thing we've been talking about a lot the last few years. It's getting zinc and copper in ratio with your phosphorus. So for me, if I'm shooting for 100 parts per million on phosphorus, I'm going to shoot for about 10 on zinc and 3 on copper. So I'd work on building those. Now, the other thing, some people will be a little bit concerned about the level of magnesium you have there. It's a little on the low side, 8 to 10%. We'd usually like that just a hair higher. So it's not a big deal. But if you want to add a little bit of magnesium somehow, some way, probably wouldn't hurt. Again, not, not a real huge deal. Okay, so last thing I'd say is 
when we look at these soil tests, we go, ooh, that's, that is quite a bit of calcium there. So I'm going to make sure that I have plenty of sulfur all the time because if you get even a little bit of excess sulfur, it'll help you flush out maybe some of that excess calcium over a longer period of time. And then finally, I would just say, look, if I had irrigation like that, I'd probably be applying some nitrogen, sulfur, and boron, since those are the three leachable nutrients, through that pivot at, at low rates every single pass. That's what I'd be doing. So anyway, hopefully that helps Carl and good luck down there. All right. Next one here uh, got from the Berkey who said, um, hey, if you guys are so dry, then why do you till? Why do you even worry about tilling? Well, sometimes we end up having to till. So for example, if manure goes on our ground and we have no other way to get it down into the ground, I can't just leave the phosphorus on our soil surface with as little rain as we have and as heavy as our ground is. Phosphorus really isn't going to move, and quite frankly, potassium probably won't either. So we have to figure out some way to get it down in the ground. Well, if, if you're if you're doing something with manure, I mean, there's almost no choice but to uh, do some type of tillage. So that's the main reason why. And the other big thing, like comparing to our last question with Carl he is so much hotter than we are. When you're from Texas compared to South Dakota, I mean, it's it's night and day difference. So we're pretty cool a lot of times. Even at the hottest point of the year, our average high temperature is only 86 degrees and the lows are in the 60s. So it's really not too bad. So, I I, I mean, anyway, th- those are kind of the things that, that I would look at, look at. Tillage is a tool. I'm not saying it fits everywhere, but these are some of the reasons why we will use it. All right, next one here is... Uh, let's see, from Steve from Illinois. And here, here's my favorite comment from Steve, at just kind of skimming through his email here. Uh, he says, my chemical or herbicide salesman and advisor is reluctant to commit to a promise of clean fields. <laughs> um, Steve, I don't know that you're going to find a lot of advisors that are going to promise you clean fields. But here, here, here's his question. He says he grows some non-GMO food beans in about 400 acres, and he's just worried about water hemp control. Yes, I totally get it. So anyway, going back to his corn this last year, he says, I had to do a status rescue treatment with drops in my corn, and I'd rate the level of escapes and weed seeds going into 24 as high. Steve, here's the thing. When you've got super weedy fields, that's a lot of times why we go back to corn or why we go to soybeans, because we have a lot more herbicide options. Now, I don't know specifically what kind of dry beans you're talking about here, but I will say what we're going to suggest to you is you've got to start with really good pre-emerge herbicides. So what we'll usually visit with people about is you want to get a pre out there uh, for sure, but you got to be you got to be a little bit picky on what you're putting out. Not everything is labeled in dry beans. So, for example, you can't use metribuzin, but you can use prowler or trifluralin or sonalin. Use a yellow, use a high rate, and then I'm probably going to have Spartan going along with that. Now, it's possible that a group 15 may also be labeled pre-emerge in whatever dry bean you've got. So that would be another thing. But I'm throwing the kitchen sink at it, and here's why: because post-emerge. You don't have much for choices. You've got Bassagran, you've got Reflex, and that's about it for broadleaves. Other than that, sure, you can kill the grass with Clethodim or some other grass killer. But in dry beans, oh yeah, I'd be, I'd be scared to death if I was you. I really would, if I've got a disaster with water hemp. But let me say this. 
Crop canopy is a tremendous weed killer. So if you could go narrow rows, okay, well now I'm starting to feel a lot more confident. So those are just some of the things that I would look at. Um, also, Steve sent some soil tests along and he said, hey, would you add sulfur, boron, or any other trace minerals for these beans? Okay, so the first thing when I look at your soil test is your potassium is too low. You're at 2% base saturation K on ground that's medium to heavy soil. You've got to get that up. Dry beans, soybeans, they respond very well to potassium. Your potassium is too low. So before I invest money in sulfur, boron, and other traces, and I would, by the way, I'll get to that in a second, I'm spending money on K. I'm also going to spend some money on uh, on phosphorus maybe in a, in a few spots because you've got 50 to 100 pounds of a bray uh, on a bray one test um, so that's what's available today which means 25 to 50 parts per million it's not bad but i i mean i might look at that a little bit okay so sulfur you got single digits on sulfur you need some sulfur soybeans respond to sulfur your zinc levels aren't too bad. Three to five parts per million. I'm not too worried. Copper is not horrible. Um, it's a, it's around one, one and a half parts per million. I'm probably going to bump that up to maybe uh, at least two, if not three. And boron, yeah, it's a leachable. You're less than one part per million. Would I put a little bit out there? Sure. I wouldn't get carried away, but get a little bit of boron. So anyway, hopefully that helps, Steve. And yeah, I'd be worried going to dry beans. I might consider on that really weedy field um, going back to corn or putting soybeans out there and cleaning it up a little more before you go to your dry bean crop. Stay tuned. We'll get to more of your questions next. Control the toughest weeds with overlapping residuals. Lock in the longest lasting control for your soybean fields. A pre-emergence application of an authority brand herbicide plus a post application of Anthem Max herbicide establishes the overlapping residual control key to safeguarding your soybean seasons. This pairing is a heavy duty economical strategy against Palmer Amaranth, Waterhemp, Kosha, and more. Visit your FMC retailer or lockin.ag.fmc.com today. Always read and follow all label directions. You have a lot at stake when it comes to raising corn. I'm Darren Hefty. That's why on Wednesday, January 17th, we're holding a free Ag PhD corn agronomy workshop at the Morton Center near Baltic, South Dakota. We'll help you navigate all the challenges of corn production, including how to manage exploding pest populations, resistant diseases, fertility challenges, and more. It's a day packed with information. So if you want to get the most out of your corn this season, don't miss the free Ag PhD corn agronomy workshop. Register now at agphd.com. It takes balance to be successful in farming because what you get out of it depends on what you put in. And Corteva AgriScience gets that. Introducing Nutricia and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer, a biological product that naturally captures nitrogen from the air. It's a sustainable way to add balance to your traditional nitrogen methods and maximize your yield potential. Embrace a balanced approach to nitrogen management this season by visiting Corteva.us. Did you know soybean diseases like white mold and sudden death syndrome can survive in your soil even after rotating crops? Prevention of these diseases is a constant battle and yield loss from an infection can be devastating. The right management plan makes all the difference. Keep your beans safe with Heads Up Seed Treatment. Heads Up guards your seed from both white mold and SDS. Stay protected and profitable by asking your seed dealer for Heads Up. Learn more at headsupst.com. How can Naturals products help you raise bigger and better crops? Hi, I'm Darren Hefty. Biologicals, or naturals as we call them, are impacting every facet of agriculture today, and that will only grow in the future. 
That's why we're devoting a full day to our Ag PhD Naturals Workshop, Wednesday, February 7th at the Morton Center near Baltic, South Dakota. Our research team has spent years testing hundreds of Naturals products, and we want to share with you what we've learned. For more about this free event, go to agphd.com. Good morning and hallelujah! My spray and pray days are over! What's with Randy? Oh, he's just amped. Weed field heaven! Amped? Yeah, he ordered that new battalion amp herbicide from UPL. They're calling it the new gold standard. This is the greatest day in herbicidal history! So, how can I. Get amped? Just go to battalionamp.com. It's gonna be a good year! Always read and follow label directions. We are right in the middle of the Ag PhD mailbag, just answering your questions here. If you've got a question, just email us, radio at agphd.com. Let's get to this next one here. Uh, Just talking about gypsum, got a comment in. So we were talking gypsum the other day, and on TV we often talk about it too. But here's this comment. It says, it was really interesting. I'm going to try and source some gypsum for my vegetable garden. What we try to always caution people about is we're going to talk about a lot of things here and we talk about solutions to problems and sometimes you hear the solution and think well that could be the solution to my problem maybe i just want to encourage you with gypsum make sure you need calcium and sulfur if you do yes gypsum is absolutely a great source lots of people use it works well. It's just if you don't need calcium and sulfur, then it's not going to help you. So that's the thing that I want to make sure of first. All right, next one comes from Mitch in Australia. He says, hi guys, I haven't emailed in yet this year and I thought I might update you and your listeners. After a disaster of a season in 2022, this year so far seems much better. I planted my corn earlier than ever before and it tasseled two weeks earlier Is this a good thing, he asks rhetorically and says, we will find out. Uh, Cotton starting to take off after good accumulation of heat units. Uh, He says, we bought our first farm. Uh, He threw the dollar amount in here. It's it's a lot of money uh, for irrigated land. And and our first tractor with AFS Connect. Uh, And then he's saying, haven't these tractors come a long way? Yes, they certainly have. Anyway, he sent along a picture here of... uh, uh, of uh, baby, and I'm not sure, is this uh, son, grandson? I'm not sure. But anyway, uh, he just says, Fan, have a fantastic Christmas with your respective families and stay safe. Look forward to more informative podcasts in the new year. Thanks, Mitch. Appreciate that. You know, we have listeners from all over the world. It's really, it's really interesting just some of the questions we get from people around the world and then even just hearing some of the feedback on how things are going. What are your questions and concerns, your problems, your challenges in other areas? Um, here's another one from overseas. Uh, and I'm going to apologize because I can't pr- pronounce the name, first name or last name. So I'm just going to say B.A. asks, uh, with summer seeding alfalfa, you guys are talking about that. What about considering fixation and splitting fertilizer? Well, look, B.A., I would just say with fertilizer and alfalfa, it's a lot different with many other crops because alfalfa 
is a perennial. We don't have the chance in year two, three, or four to get more fertilizer way down in the soil so the roots can take it up very well. When it comes to these immobile soil nutrients, things like phosphorus, copper, zinc, and to some degree potassium. Now, some people will say, well, potassium moves in the soil. Well, you have to get rain and your soil has got to be at least a little bit lighter. In the last three years, grand total, I don't know exactly what what it is, but I'm going to guess we probably have had 40 inches of rain in the last three years. That's not much. And we have heavy soil. So if I had a three-year and four, call it, call it four-year stand, and I was just now heading into year four, if I'd laid potassium on the soil surface, would that have gone down at all? <laughs> probably not. So, I, I mean, I'm not saying the money would go to waste. Sooner or later, somebody's going to take advantage of that, whether it's you or the next person that farms the ground. But we worry an awful lot with these perennial crops. If you don't fertilize it right in the beginning, um, it's hard to ever catch up. And as far as fixation goes, that's really the nitrogen conversation. And nitrogen isn't something we're typically adding to alfalfa. It could be. I mean, maybe for high tonnage, and maybe we should start experimenting with that too, because we are we are getting a lot of tons on our farm with our alfalfa. But yeah, alfalfa can fixate nitrogen, and that is a great thing. Saves a lot of money. All right, next, we're going to talk a little about couple of tree questions here. So this first one, it's managing buckthorn and slugrass. And this is from Ted in Minnesota. So when it comes to buckthorn, Ted, I'd just say Roundup and Remedy Ultra. Those are the two main products we're talking about. And usually what people are going to do is they're going to go by and they're going to cut off the buckthorn or almost any of these woody species. And then they're going to put on Roundup or Remedy Ultra. And it, this kind of goes to the next question too, also about trees. Uh, Bruce said he's the one that uh, had called in recently about how to kill some trees. And he said the problem here is it's next to the water. Yes, next to water is a real problem. And this kind of goes back to Ted's question in Minnesota too. I'm worried whenever we're talking about trees, shrubs, anything like that, where it is exactly. If it is near other sensitive trees that you could damage, if it is near water, you got to be really careful about what you use. So for example, Tordon. It's awesome. I love Tordon for killing trees. On our farm, when we used to cut a tree stump, we would paint it, take a brush basically, Tordon, paint the stump with Tordon, and it would kill the roots. Well, that's awesome. But the problem is the Tordon can stay in the soil for years and it can kill the next tree that grows there or anywhere near it. So I'm very worried about that. And Tordon also kills fish. So we got to keep it away from that. And that's the reason why Remedy Ultra makes an awful lot of sense because Remedy Ultra doesn't have all that soil residual and Roundup has no soil residual. So those are the two products we're typically talking about. And by the way, Remedy Ultra, that's triclopyr. So there's also Vastland and other products that have different forms of triclopyr. So those are kind of the things that we're talking about there. All right. Next one comes from Gabe, and he says, I'm attaching my gravel soil samples. So he's got a field that he literally calls gravel. And I found it interesting because is there some light soil there? Yes. Oh, and by the way, it looks like these these tests were run through either Neil Kinsey's lab or a, a lab that does stuff exactly like Kinsey does. But anyway, here's the interesting thing. Did I find a 7 
Uh, total exchange capacity, they call it, similar to cation exchange capacity. Yes, so that's real light. But you know what I also found? Uh, 25, a 22. Um, I, I mean, there's some heavy ground here too. So my point is you got to manage those, those two things a lot differently. The highest one that I got here is 30 for total exchange capacity, and then we got a 7. We have some of the same type of thing on our farm where I got some sand belts that run through some good ground. Now, I, I, I guess, uh, Gabe, if you've got a specific question on your ground, then let me know. All I see for the subject is it says roots falling out of ground. So I don't know exactly what that means. If you can give us a little more description, that'd be great. The biggest thing, like when we're talking about corn, is you've got to make sure your corn's planted at least an inch and a half deep. And I prefer two to two and a quarter inches deep because otherwise some of the nodal roots will come out above ground. Also, we want to make sure we have real good calcium levels and good porosity in the soil so our roots can get down. We don't have tremendous compaction issues and things like that. But it looks like on your ground, they're making lots of recommendations of stuff, and I agree. I mean, you need sulfur, you need phosphorus, you need potassium. I mean, there are many things that you need here, and, and some of the micronutrients, boron, manganese, copper. Yes, I, I, I'm not going to disagree with anything that they've got on the soil test. But like I say, if you get a specific question, uh, just email back and let us know. All right, next one here um, is from SD, who says... With corn rootworm insecticides, will a broad-spectrum insecticide like Warrior, for example, stop corn rootworms? Should I spray the ground? Well, the challenge with corn rootworm is you've got two different, completely unique life cycle stages. Where I'm going with this is there's a worm, and for that, you can't spray anything on the soil surface and get control. You have to either have a corn trait or a seed treatment or some insecticide down in furrow or or T-band, something like that. So we use insecticide. Uh, there are many different products out there, but Warrior, uh, which would be uh, like a Lambda-type product, Silencer, that's not going to cut it. So that will kill the adult corn rootworm beetles that are going to come midsummer, but it's not going to kill the rootworms that are in the ground. You need something different, whether that's capture on a liquid basis, force or Aztec on a dry basis, something like that. Uh, I, I, I was talking earlier about all these different questions we get in from around the world in this next one. Uh, from Prince, who said from uh, Ghana, who says, "Hey, link us up, please, for your soils clinic. Uh, we're super interested in that. Yes, anybody can join us for our soils clinic online. We always like it when people come in person, but coming from Ghana, that'd be uh, that'd be quite the trip. We've got a lot of different Ag PhD workshops coming up this winter. If you want to learn more about those, just go to agphd.com. They are free events we host every year. Um, just." We're, we're trying to get good information out there. Soils especially, it's so important that you know how to read a soil test and how to invest your fertilizer dollars correctly. Well, thanks for listening, and be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio.